0: Hey, listen. Welcome to episode 90. This is Jeffrey Morse. I am here with
1: the Nathan Wagner. I hate LaCroix. It's disgusting. (laughs) Sparkling water is never good. Don't believe it. Lemonade is good. I made some lemonade before the show. Yes, that is good.
0: Very refreshing. It's great in this uh, sunny... Summer weather, as Rob takes a sip of his Lacroix drink. I Rob, wish... we're
1: never getting a sponsorship from Lacroix. Just stop.
2: <laughs> I was kind of hoping that if I was drinking it and you guys made a comment about it, we would get sponsored by Lacroix because <laughs> then we would actually get paid to
0: do this. Well, I was <laughs> I was going to introduce you as the wise Rob Douglas, but now I retract. That. I'm not going to say that anymore. So you you've lost. I that. mean,
2: I mean, Lacroix is pretty delicious. No. Guys, I'm sorry. Sparkly, we will never be sponsored
1: way. or have any of those crappy ad reads for as much as Rob is trying to. All right. Get well, we are
0: show. not a soft drink <laughs> podcast. We are a video games podcast. <laughs> and we're here to talk <laughs>
3: uh,
0: about lots of different video game uh, news. And we also have a Would You Rather segment again returning. Uh, we did that segment uh, a few months ago and had a lot of fun with that. So uh, jumping straight into our uh, news segment, uh, Cliffy b otherwise uh known or his real name is cliff basinski uh the founder of epic games and unreal uh, studios you know went on to, to make the unreal tournament games and i uh, the gears of war uh, original trilogy um he, he has a new game i think his last game was called paladins it was like a hero no, no, no shooter, it was right? uh
1: it was it wasn't paladins it was what was the name of it rob i thought it was paladins no, that's no. a game. There was a Paladins game. There was a Paladins. Oh, uh, it's Clive a different TV. game, but it basically was a hero shooter that launched a couple of months after Overwatch, got completely destroyed, and now has like 20 players playing in its online yeah. player base. People should not go to yeah. Overwatch. Yeah. I, I, Lawbreakers. is the name of it. That's, go breakers. Breakers. Yeah, that's yeah, how I'm
2: good it sure. was. It just doesn't stick in any of our minds.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyways, Cliff Luzinski, you know, he's got this... You know, big reputation in the gaming industry, made a lot of really good games. He just announced his new game, which is out today, uh, free to play if you are on Steam, is called Radical Heights. And essentially, it is a very early access free to play version of Fortnite. And so, like, you know, we expected a lot of, you know, Fortnite and Battle Royale like clones to be coming out this year and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But, you know, when a lot of people heard the name Cliff Wazinski, they thought, oh, this is probably, you know, really cool take. You know, this guy's really creative. He's done some cool stuff. Um, but this is an extremely unpolished game that has, like, an 80s aesthetic. And basically, you're, like, destroying buildings and shooting people. And you basically, you get cash uh, throughout the world and use that cash to, like, buy weapons. Um, but combat is, in the world, look very similar to Fortnite, just not good. And... It's kind of trying to do like an 80s vibe with the trailer and kind of the art style in the game. And there's BMX bikes everywhere you can travel around, which yeah. it's very seems like it might be colorful, fun to mess like, around with. Lots but of pinks and purples. When and... Fortnite is also free to play, I don't see why anyone would waste their time trying this Radical Heights game. And it's very the... mixed reviews on Steam right now.
1: Yeah.
3: Well, yeah, <laughs> and it's early imagine.
1: access right now, too, right? It's yes. not. It's early access yeah. free to play right like, now. Like,
0: very so early pitching access. Pitching as, oh, you can help us kind of shape the game. And, you know, some people put positive reviews saying oh yeah you know, i could see this game having a lot of potential in the future and stuff but as of now in its current early access state it is uh not looking very
1: promising the hilarious thing to me about this is Fortnite was announced in 2011 by oh, yeah. cliff Blazinski. but <laughs> he was oh still gosh. at epic games i did not know that and yeah he so basically it. he took the same idea and went his own way with it well then he left epic games like i it, think in like 2012 or yeah, something like that and he's, like seen, that. All the success and he's seen all now. the success of his baby Fortnite being a whatchamacallit and now he's like well crap i need to get in on that it was my battle royale money place. yeah exactly so you think no, you know oh
0: kind of one of the early creators of Fortnite would be able to uh, do this but uh yeah not not looking very good at this time so i mean rob are you even going to try this i know you have steam and i tend good. to avoid
2: battle royales in general just because <laughs> anything with means, live players that means i actually have to play with people but <laughs> <ugh>. <laughs> but i mean just the premise of this it just sounds like if i'm going to play a battle royale that's kind of cartoony and is more fun i think i'll play Fortnite instead of radical heights
0: yep, and that, that <laughs> one that's actually polished that is the problem so let us know if you are uh, planning on trying Radical Heights and if you do, uh, what you think of it. Like I said, you know, this could maybe be a pretty good game or contender and maybe in a couple of years if people still like Battle Royale games, but uh yeah, at probably this point not. it's it's probably not going to do to make well, that big of a splash. <laughs> at
1: least it's in early access and it's free to play. It's not like yeah, in sure. early access and here, give us twenty dollars and then you can play the game and then it's still really bad. So <laughs> Yep, so
0: uh we'll let you know if uh anything turns around that game but at the current state not looking good for radical heights and cliff Bazinski. um so our next news piece here um is about middle earth uh, sh- uh, shadow of war and apparently they are removing all the microtransactions for the game i spent quite a bit of time with this game i really liked it and mm-hmm. i have to say the microtransactions i didn't even notice like when i played the game like yeah. You basically – you're finding different orcs and stuff, and there's, like, a store you can go into, and you can buy, basically, the guaranteed, like, legendary weapons and, like, orcs and stuff, I guess, to kind of speed up the game and, like, progress through it quicker. But it was really, really hidden away. It never directed me there, and I never felt the need to. Like, I always had enough in-game credits to buy things if I wanted to, which – I bought two or three, and I'm like, ah, this feels gross. I'm not going to do it anymore. So, like –
1: yeah, and it, I mean it was more about the end game, right? Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was
0: once you progress through most of the story, and you just kind of had to take over the whole whole world with just conquests and stuff. So it just kind of sped that process up a yeah. little bit. Yeah,
1: but they're yeah. taking all of that out,
0: taking you know? all of it out. Which so I think is yeah, it
2: looks like they you can no longer buy gold in the game. Like May eighth. And then uh, you need to spend all of your gold that you've purchased by July 17th at that point. Gold, war chest, and the in-game market will all go away. So, I mean, I think this is a positive move as far as, like, you know, the the microtransactions have just been such a huge controversy in our video game world lately. And I know uh, Jake was on the show last week, and he was talking about how, his job is to design microtransactions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I Those I are also I in see in this free as... to
1: play like games versus 60 Yeah, free, games, to play, so. free to
2: play free to play mobile games. The yeah. thing well.
0: about Sh- Shadow of War 2 was these were microtransactions launching in a $60 AAA single player game. Like this isn't a multiplayer game like Overwatch or something no. like we're paying for you know content that is in a single player game which you don't see it quite as often in the console market. Yeah. So I think, mean, I think that's why I got a lot of negative.
2: Like buying I your game and you didn't get it all or, you know, you buy, you buy a movie, but you know, you can't get the after credit scene unless you pay another $15. <laughs> <laughs> like,
3: uh, why isn't Marvel
2: doing this? Um oh, but I, I just, I just see this as a really positive move, and they're talking about like moving back towards, you know, making the nemesis system the focus of the game, which is mm-hmm. why we play Middle Earth is because the nemesis system was so awesome.
1: I so I'm gonna be a little bit more cynical, Rob. I know. Crazy. I like it. I like it. But uh, <laughs> I think this is two reasons. One, like obviously, there's been a huge backlash against microtransactions, like you said. Yeah. And so they if they remove the microtransactions from the game basically the game sold really well when it came out in october it was the best-selling game that month um they've made pretty much most of the money they're going to make off of microtransactions yeah. so now by removing it they're not missing out on a ton of money in the future going forward it gets the game back in the headlines, so people are like oh maybe i can pick it up for discounted price and not have to worry about that and also yeah. it like gives them goodwill going forward like hey if we announce the next game, and if we hadn't taken out the microtransactions, people might be really worried about that. But now, uh, whenever in two or three years, exactly well, gets good faith back from the community in two or three years. I think that
0: is a good point too. That like ninety percent of a game, like I think Middle Earth, uh, microtransaction money is going to be made within the first like two or three months, yeah. probably. Like especially with a single especially player game a single like single player that, game, you finish yeah. it, you're done. Yeah. You, it's not like Destiny or Overwatch where you know you're supposed to keep on playing it over and over again uh you know for years but yeah i think that's a good point it's seems like a really easy move to make now that the game's done like this isn't like star wars battlefront we're like okay we're pulling microtransactions at the game's launch like exactly. this is exactly. very very far removed The game's been out for you know over half a year now so
2: yeah but. that's true i i think that's actually a really good point i think that yeah maybe this is like a, a strategic move to set themselves up really well for whatever game they put out next, so that they but put microtransactions in that regardless,
0: one. Regardless of the motives, I think we can all agree this is good. No, we're
3: not we're
1: not <laughs> complaining about this, for sure. No, yeah, no, this sure.
2: is definitely good, but that yeah, is I interesting. Mean, that's
0: good. Um, like I said, I don't think it'll change the game that much, but like you said, gives them good press, good, good news. Yep. People might pick it up now. Mm-hmm. Um, so our next news piece is about Spider-Man for the PlayStation 4. The release date is September seventh, so I think that's right about when kind of we were thinking. We were kind of talking about it uh, in our chat last, group last right week, before yep. they announced. Yeah, yeah. We're kind yeah. of hoping for that August September uh, uh, re- launch window, and we uh, got September seventh. So I think that is a perfect time uh, mm-hmm. for this game to come out. It comes out you know before most of the other big fall games. Yep, it's really the the only big like PS4 exclusive uh, coming out you know since really detroit comes out i think that comes out in may right so the end of yeah. may yeah, yeah so. really the only big ps4 game coming out throughout the whole summer like really so um i think you, that's a good time for it
2: do you see yeah. them doing any announcements at e3 or doing anything with this at e3
1: um, I'm sure they'll talk about it a little bit more. Like, they'll probably have yeah. hands-on demos that people can play through and yeah. stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it won't have, like, probably a open huge... open up the world a little bit to it people not It won't have, like... It might have, like, a story trailer or something like that, because we haven't really gotten a ton of info on what the actual story is going to be. Yeah. Yet, right? We've gotten one short story trailer <laughs> yeah. for about two minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It showed snippets. Hasn't really so, told more. There'll be it. some
1: kind of presence, but I don't think it'll be huge. Yeah. Like as big as it's. Yeah. Been the last couple it's not going to be a Probably, eight minute gameplay demo. Like yeah.
0: we did last year. Or the year
2: before I think or maybe we'll get like the first, you can play through the first like mission or so.
0: Like, you know, like I'll
2: I'll a demo the, on the like, floor that you can play through and maybe play through like part of the first mission. or that's it.
3: But, that sort I mean, of thing,
2: kind of get people really hyped, and then you finish up and you're like, oh man, now you actually have to go back and buy it so you can play the rest.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, but um, I've been watching kind of all the uh, developer interviews and stuff that Game Informer has been kind of slowly putting out. And um, the cool thing about this is, is the first thing they said they worked on in the game was like the web slinging, which. Is obviously so important to like a Spider-Man game, right? Like <laughs> the, the movement, the movement and, and, and the locomotion. Like yeah. that's
1: the most important part of the game. Probably if you don't what nail makes, that, then that's that's what makes
0: Spider-Man like, like such a cool, and interesting hero. You know, he's the only character that really moves around like yeah. like that. Uh, that's what makes him unique. And so that's something they really focused on. And I think they mapped most of the movement to R two. But I kind of watched a video where they showed like, hey, if you push L two and R two, you'll like vault to things. And anytime you push X, you can do like jumps and it just looks like maneuvering throughout the city is going to be a ton of fun and you can fast travel in this game. And what this tells me, you might think, okay, whatever. It's a fast travel. Most games have this, but a Spider-Man game has never had fast travel before. I've played like every Spider-Man yeah, that's game. True. They've never had fast travel, which tells me that this New York city in this world that they've created is ginormous. Like, like this has to be, be a massive world. Yeah. If they're going to put a fast travel in because the whole you think it'll be like fun of the game size? is traversing the city and fast traveling. Like, Last Spider-Man game that I played, like it was terrible, but I would just web slang because that was the fun part of the game. That was like, like the only good part of the game was moving around the city. Yeah, yeah. so, mm-hmm. and the way you fast travel, we put it up on Twitter, is awesome because you literally swing down into a subway, and it shows Spider-Man on the subway, like, browsing his phone as you're, like, loading into the so next So it's like area. slow
1: travel yeah, no, compared to Spider-Man. But it's exactly like what Spider-Man yeah. would
0: do, so it's, it's awesome that's to kind of awesome. see that.
1: That's hilarious. Yeah, I think yeah, everything... Everything we see from this game, like, just gives me more and more hope. Like, the devs mm-hmm. are really invested in it. I know, going back to microtransactions, someone asked them, like, will this game have microtransactions? They were like, heck no. There's no way this game is going to have any kind of microtransactions. Which they could they totally do with, all the they could only do with all suits the costumes suits so. and stuff like that. Yeah. They, yeah, they
0: did confirm that there would be many, many different suits and upgrades and things you can unlock. Some would be cosmetic and some would <laughs> not. Like, I think if you pre-order the game, you get uh, the Spider-Punk outfit, which is, like, um, alternate universe mohawk Spider Man who plays guitar, and oh, oh literally they put his that's... guitar into like the moves and they make custom animations for like this one suit yeah. that you can get. So, like, that's pretty cool. It's not just purely cosmetic, but they're gonna kind of switch away, switch up the gameplay. So, I'm hoping like you know, Spider Man 2099 from the future, you could have some yeah. futuristic tech and movesets and yeah. you know, different stuff like that. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, like, I'm pretty interested. It looks good. I don't, I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't really need to know a whole ton more. Yeah. Like. The story yeah, I think is going to be cool. Hope, if you're getting the movement right, that's the most important part of a Spider-Man game, and I'm in. Let's go yeah. from the world building so they September do. The, is the lore looks
0: really cool, and I, I'm sure that story element will be good. And I think it's kind of a good sign that they're kind of keeping that close to the vest. Like they're not they're not saying a bunch about it, but they're kind of letting fans speculate. So yeah, I think, I think that's good as well. And it is just titled Spider-Man. Like that was just the working title, but it is officially just Spider-Man, Spider-Man for PlayStation Four. So.
1: That makes sense. It's very easy brand recognition. You're not going to get it confused with yeah. anything else. <laughs> Even
0: the box art, are just like red background with like Spider-Man slinging. It's like, like very simplistic. Very yeah, very straightforward. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So look forward to that on September seventh. I know. I know. I'm still uh, very excited for this game. So, Rob, tell us about what game you're excited that just got announced on Kickstarter. Uh-oh.
2: Oh,
1: rob <laughs> so, is gone.
3: Oh, sorry, Rob.
1: Yeah.
2: Sorry, internet. <laughs> uh oh, problems. Um, I right, so can hear you. Kickstarter launched, uh missed. If you, if you ever know heard the point and click adventure game missed, it came out twenty five years ago, and so they put together a collection on Kickstarter uh with the goal of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which it already broke, and it still has forty three days to go. <laughs>
0: nice, um, that's a good sign. But
2: the the bottom one you can pay a dollar just to kind of throw some money at them, but the like next like level for forty nine dollars or more you get all of them. Miss Masterpiece, Riven, the sequel to Miss, Miss Three, Exile, Miss Four, Revelation, Miss Five, End of Ages, Euro Complete Chronicles, and the Real Miss Masterpiece. Edition. I didn't even know wait, there was that many. I Myst thought games. there was like
1: three. <laughs> How many games are there? they didn't released that many. There's
2: that seven like, what, games.
1: Six, seven, seven games. Oh my god. Seven of
2: them. Although the Real Mist and uh, Miss Masterpiece are kind of the same game, just one was sort of redone and remastered version so, of wait. the other one.
0: So is this like a complete like?
1: From the ground HD, up, remaster. Like, remaster
0: or like, are these games not available on Steam, like in their original state, or like, what's, you what's the buy backstory? them on
2: Steam each individual? But this is basically like remastering them up to Windows 10 versions.
1: So, so will it have get, like new graphics and stuff like that? Yeah, like and it's like
2: everything? an anniversary collect.
0: So it's kind of like a collector's
1: edition type thing that's happening, huh? I, I've so, I kind of don't want this because I have very fond memories of the original Miss game back in the day, mm-hmm. and I secretly think that that game wasn't actually all that good. Like if I go back and play it today, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I think it's just a puzzle at game the time, that was, it was very, cool. yeah. At the time, it was really cool, but now I don't, I don't feel like it would hold up. So them remastering and keeping it true to the original game, I'm like, I don't know if that would still be fun and kind of.
0: Like, you'd be more interested like, if it was, like, a reboot that was like, yeah, a totally exactly. new game. Exactly, series.
1: like, exploring, like, an island by yourself and trying to figure out what's going on. That's a cool premise, but the way they do it, at least in the original game, like, you're just kind of... Yeah. It's an adventure game. You're clicking through and looking so at ha- different boxes. You'd rather
0: have, like, a new game called Mist that looks more like The Witness or something. Yeah, like.
1: exactly. Some- something along those lines. Hmm. So, I don't know. Did you ever play Mist, Jeff?
0: Um, I didn't spend a lot of time with it. I think one of my friends had it growing up and clicked around a little bit. I think... I think my uh, my adolescent uh, brain was uh, too easily bored by a game like this. Like I, I liked the, the Mario's and the Donkey Kongs, where you jump around and you know, have a lot of action. So I think Rob's having some uh, internet problems. So uh, well, will hopefully uh, get that figured well, out and back in here. Exactly. but <laughs> well, 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 well the show must go on. We'll the continue, show must go on. Continue it. Um, so with what we have here. we were
1: talking about Spider Man earlier, Jeff. Yeah. And September seventh, Spider Man's coming out. September is getting really really crowded now because uh Activision announced last week that the spider-man reignited uh, Trilogy... The spyro, spyro. spyro. <laughs> excuse me excuse me yeah Spyro the reignited trilogy is coming out and that's going to come out on September 21st for PS4 and Xbox one mm-hmm. <laughs> right now and so another it, game in September exactly that people have another really game been wanting <laughs> that people have been wanting like uh Activision released the crash bandicoot series basically remastered all last three year, games yeah. last year and they're doing, it looks like they're doing a similar thing with Spyro. Does this interest you or excite you at all? I played, I think Spyro one, like on those were PlayStation one. Yeah, I the, think two the original games. PlayStation.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it does. Um, I'm not sure if I'll be there right away, but you know, they are launching this, I think at $40 again, which yeah. is, which is really nice. And then just seeing some of like the comparisons, like in like the trailer, just like how much better the world looks and how bad that original Spyro game looked. Like I didn't obviously remember it really looking that, kind of old and uh, yeah uh you know kind of garish or whatever but yeah i i think this is really really cool i've always been interested in the spyro games but i never owned a ps1 so yeah.
1: i mean they're like platformer 3d kind of yeah exactly. games. like you're going through big like unlike like crashes said it was a platformer it was more like yeah. kind of just straight you're just running, running in a jumping. straight
0: line yeah. and jumping on things
1: but. um this is more similar like crash band or not crash bandicoot uh like Banjo Kazooie or something. Yeah,
0: like that. That, that's what, that's the vibe I kind of get from even watching the trailer. It looks almost like a Jack and Daxter or Banjo Kazooie, maybe even like Donkey Kong sixty four type mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the platform is pretty simple, and the worlds like, you know pretty simple and com- you know not they're not super complex or anything. But it does look like a game I would enjoy playing. Like yeah. I mean, <laughs> I played all the way through Ukulele last year, and that wasn't the greatest game. But I feel like playing through all through yeah. the three of these with the polish that they put on there to make it look really nice would. It would be worth it. I,
1: I wish it was coming to Switch. I will say that. I, I, I know. Because there was, there was like, an announcement, like, oh, it's coming to Switch, but then it got taken down. They're like, no, we're not talking about the, we're only talking about, like, the PS4 and Xbox yeah. One so versions and stuff. so it looks like it'll stuff, come at so. a later time. Yeah, maybe? if it's like any other Switch game, it'll, it's coming out, but it'll come out, like, six months later or something like that. I mean, then, Crash
0: Bandicoot's coming to Switch now, so, like. Yeah. If they're porting that one. Like, I don't see why they wouldn't. port It makes Spyro total. At, yeah, at I think point. it
1: makes total sense to to be on Switch as well. So we'll have to see. But. Yeah. but yeah, I
0: think I think it's good. I know the fans have really been asking for that, and you know, I think this is a really really good quality remaster. This isn't you know some quick HD added to the title. Like they're really remaking the game for the ground up, and the assets look really really nice for Spyro yeah exactly uh,
1: so. and i mean if this is being done by the former uh skylanders dev toys for bob oh okay so that's yeah they've always had and stuff like that some pretty so. good
0: art design and like paid good attention to detail and stuff so
1: and apparently they took it so the original spyro trilogy was actually made by insomniac who's developing spider-man now oh seriously yeah i did not know that. yeah and so they apparently like okay, took I'm, it to I'm insomniac and though. were like hey is this kind of true to your original vision like do you think this is okay? Like, they're not obviously partnering or anything like that. But Insomniac was like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Like They gave him the stamp of approval. Yeah, they kind of gave him the stamp made of sure approval. sure looked good. So, nice. That's cool. What about
0: you, Rob? Are you interested in the Spyro trilogy?
1: Oh, Rob's Still gone again. <laughs> Oh,
3: no.
0: It's okay. Well, stay tuned to see if Rob comes back. Exactly. Um, so, our last news piece here is about the most profitable thing ever created in the piece history of Piece of media ever
1: uh no it is not star wars what it's not i thought star wars made the most money out of anything it is grand theft auto 5 insane like this game
0: came out what four years ago and it's still yeah,
1: 2013 i believe it's still
0: topping the charts like every every month for like one of the top five yeah. selling it sold
1: over 90 million copies i believe um which is crazy like I think the best-selling game of all time is something like Wii Sports, which was a pack-in.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so it sold over 90 million copies. And then, like, with their Grand Theft Auto Online stuff, they've released a ton of DLC packs. And like, none of them... Or, like, they've all been really good and people have continued to play that game and put money into that game and stuff like that, so...
0: I mean, the fact is that they've made... Obviously, they made a bunch from initial game sales, and they're still making money off that. But they're making so much money off microtransactions because they've yep. supported this game with the GTA Online, and they even stopped, you know, doing DLC, single player DLC because they're like, "Yeah, everyone wants the, the online multiplayer stuff, so we're going to keep adding that." And yep. people just keep going in and spending more time and money in that world. And the fact that it's made more than any other media, like any movie, any video game, like anything ever, is just insane. I know
1: it's. Ridiculous! It makes me very excited to see what they do with all that money in Red Dead Redemption Two. And yeah, but it's a good use, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, yeah.
0: I mean, exactly. I don't even see why they would have to make GTA Six at this point? Like just, just, keep just milking GTA Five. 5. Like, everyone, yeah, there's I still mean, people who honestly, haven't bought it. I
1: guess pro- they probably won't do another one until like the next generation of consoles or something like that. Are like, you
2: saying yeah. that GTA Five is going to become the new Skyrim? Like just <laughs> yes, to exactly. they release I mean, they made.
1: The thing about that 90 million is they originally released on, like, PS3 and Xbox 360. And then a year later, they, yeah. once the new consoles came out, they released the updated version. So I think that's also partly why, because a lot of people bought it twice. Mm-hmm. But still crazy. I have played a little bit, but I've never actually bought it, which is kind of insane. <laughs> seeing as how there's 90 million units. Does seeing
0: sold. these numbers make you, like, okay, what am I missing? I have to yeah. get this? Or are you, uh, like, uh, I'm so not a, now. I've played
1: it. App with friends and stuff like that and I'm like yeah it's a fun game it's just not really my style and at this point I'm like eh I'm, I'm just ready for Red Dead Red Dead 2 yeah. I think I'll, it's the perfect companion yeah. game
0: for most casual fans too like if you only really picked a PS4 for like maybe one or two games like this is an easy other game to have that you could sink hundreds of hours exactly and you
1: can do so That's much true. different stuff in there yeah
0: um, so GTA 5 let us know do you think it is worthy of being the most profitable media really ever created and like do you think uh, Rockstar can ever really top that so yeah that'll be I, I
1: don't know if that'll be really hard to top yeah we will see
0: all right well we're moving into our second segment and we are going to be asking gaming would you rather questions and so there will be two different questions or two different scenarios and we will just kind of pose the question we'll have a maybe about a minute or so to debate it and then we'll all three just kind of say you know which, which one we would uh, choose here. So I will go ahead and start things out here and say, would you rather in real life fly an R wing from the Star Fox series or a Banshee from the Halo series? So like, would you rather fly around in a spaceship meant for kind of more outer space type battles or Banshee, which I feel like is more for like planetary?
1: Yeah, it's more planetary uh, defense yeah. and stuff. Like
0: yeah, that. and both both are really mobile. Um, I, w- I want to sit. I don't know which one we would a fight, but both of these I think these are the two coolest like space like vehicles I could think of really uh
3: from video games. In video yeah. games, yeah. Well, what do you guys
1: I think? I don't know. Rob, what do you think? I'm
2: all about the Arwing cuz here's the problem with the Banshee. As we all know from every single Halo campaign that we've ever ever played or a multiplayer or whatever, you always get pulled out the back.
0: <laughs> cuz if you ride the Banshee someone can hold down the b button and uh hijack it from you <laughs> exactly
2: you're a little more so, secure I mean, inside of the r-wing i mean the worst that can happen is you do a barrel roll and an r-wing so
0: <laughs> well banshees could kind of barrel roll too it just was not nearly as fast here's the deal
1: banshees i think are more agile actually like you can you have better turning radius and stuff like That's that true. with versus um they're a little bit slower but yeah they
0: they can maneuver
1: yeah they can like, if you're getting in a dogfight, I think I'd rather be in a Banshee because I think I could outmaneuver my opponent a little bit easier and lock onto them. But if we're just kind of going for pure whatever, I'm going R-wing because in the best Star Fox game of all time, the Wii U one, you can transform <laughs> oh, into the chicken walker has Ooh, multiple uses. Yeah. You can true, go in true. space or like you said, yeah. kind of play. You can just find defense. a planet
0: and go down into it and then pop into chicken mode and start walking around like a boss.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Ooh, that's a good point. True. Yeah. True.
0: Um, yeah. I think R wing, our wing would have to be it too. Um, I mean, just being able to do barrel rolls, barrel rolls <laughs> so barrel easy. Those. You can easily do <laughs> U-turns and all the, all the other uh, cool moves in the R-wing um yeah i'd probably have to go wing too but you do know if you you guys we all chose wing, we now have to get our legs amputated from the knee down to uh prevent uh the g-force from uh taking all the blood out of our legs right oh
2: yeah because in the original nintendo That's Star Fox cannon? they
0: all have robotic legs from the knee down because the GeForce, <laughs> uh like messed with their blood and their system.
1: Oh my gosh! <laughs> what?
0: Yeah, it's in the original Star Fox Super Nintendo. That manual. is so
1: dark. I thought Nintendo was this happy kids company. <laughs> oh
0: my no. goodness! They've kind of distanced themselves from that hope like a lot. So. I Star Fox Games, but if you look in Star Fox sixty four and Star Fox Super Nintendo, all the characters have like shiny metallic legs. <laughs>
1: that's so creepy yep. so uh say goodbye to your that's why their your, kicks uh, are so feet. vicious Never mind. i want to be a banshee at least i can have <laughs> my legs all right
0: rob what's what's another would you rather you one that you picked for us
2: all right so would you rather that your favorite games would all come out on every system only one system
1: so basically so like super smash my Bros favorite game now available would keep getting on... remastered for every new system
2: yeah. Well, or more what I'm thinking with this question is you can now play Mario Kart and Super Smash Bros and Zelda on your computer, Xbox One, PS4. So like there's like
0: almost like no more like exclusive first party exclusives.
2: it no, no exclusives or all your favorite games only come out on one system.
1: Is there more than one system? Like yeah.
2: Was it
0: the one system? The one.
1: Dude, actually,
2: that's actually, that's actually a better one... way to do it.
0: Yeah, if I've got if I could have everything in one ecosystem, I I would love that. Like, I think it it would be so much better than having multiple consoles out there. Like, you think of like PC, right? Like, technically, you can mm-hmm. play most games on Mac or PC or Linux or whatever. But like, if everything was just all streamlined into one box and every game was multi-platform on that one system and we'd have to worry about yeah that would plugging be great we HDMI's wouldn't have to worry and... about
1: like we would also wouldn't have to worry about like there's this whole like cross party thing like yeah. you can now play like rocket games like rocket league and minecraft cross party across different platforms which is awesome but if it was all on one system i would only need one friends list yeah. you know i would only yeah. need to pay one subscription service for whatever online mm, yeah thing there is yeah I, th- I think it's a big part the, the community too if you could
0: have everything on one system i'd even sacrifice some games just to have everything all in one box because like you said like it'd just be nice to have your whole community in there and not like when we went to the playstation 4 like i had to leave a bunch of my friends back on the xbox like community like behind yeah. Yeah. and like we had to get like a bunch of other our friends all to ship to playstation 4 too and, like <laughs> it's like a really big decision when you're deciding which console to deciding to get which, yeah generation.
1: exactly like i remember talking to you and a couple other friends like are you gonna get the ps4 are you gonna get the xbox one like i want to be be able to play games with you and chat with you and stuff yeah. like that. what about you rob
2: it's true no i i agree uh, now that I, like writing the question i was like oh maybe this would be more in, in intense but no <laughs> having all your games on one system like every one mm-hmm. would be awesome yeah it mm-hmm. would just and actually have you know chat
1: systems that work <laughs> well, if you're on Nintendo platforms. Yeah, if we had right.
0: all games out on every system, like I mean, I probably get the Switch to have every game portably, like
1: You would just but... lose every like online match you play though because like everything's lagging behind. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah,
2: that's true. That's true. But
1: anyways, that's, that was oh fun. Gosh, one. That's uh, Nathan, hilarious. what's what's the question uh, you got? So, my first one is uh would you rather play would you rather every game be available only through various subscription services? So, like you pay $10 a month for uh xbox game pass but you also have to pay ten dollars a month for playstation game pass or nintendo game pass etc or you can only buy three games per year total so you either pay say you have like four or five different subscription services that you're subscribed Mm -hmm. to like ubisoft ea whatever it is um or you can only buy three games a year total gotcha
0: um at first I made me, like, I instantly wanted to go to the buy three games a year because, like, I really love you know, collecting games and owning games permanently. But I was thinking, like, the only reason I don't really subscribe to, like, PS Now or Xbox Game Pass or anything is just because they don't have, you know, a ton of games. So, yeah. like, if I could have every game available through a subscription service, like, I would happily pay, you know, the whatever, $100, $200 a year for that than buying all my games on my own be because own your... I, I buy so many games. I would save so much money doing that. I wouldn't own them permanently, but I could have access to them whenever I want. I feel like that would uh, be a really big cost saver. And if the games are there and tons of new games come out in there and everything is on that platform, I would be totally fine paying a subscription service. Yeah,
2: all right. I, think, I think I agree. Like having various subscription services, the other nice thing about that is if you have a game that you're not really, you play it a little bit and you kind of go, wow, this wasn't as good as I thought of it, would be No Man's Sky. Um, <laughs> yeah. You didn't just blow one of your three games for that year on a No Man's yeah. Sky. Like and and you're not release. obligated
0: to like finish anything. Sometimes I buy like a game and I'm like, well, I already bought it, like I gotta play through the whole thing, or yeah. I gotta give it some more time, even if it's not that good, yeah. but if yeah. you have access to like every game, like I'll, I'll just like try it oh, nope, I'm just done with it, I never have to play it again and I don't feel bad. Yeah, it doesn't cause... matter. Every game is on that service.
1: All right, I'll make the other argument. So <laughs> I want to be able to buy three games a year because then I can keep them forever. I don't have to, like, worry about when my subscription service doesn't work anymore. You go or out in the middle suddenly... of the woods and play it. Exactly. I can <laughs> go out in the middle of the woods. I don't have to have an internet connection. <laughs> my parents' internet is seriously, like, the worst in the world. So if I ever move there, I probably couldn't even play. And uh, um, also, like, the subscription service, there's no guarantee that, like, Assassin's Creed... Unity, that's a terrible example. But Assassin's Creed Unity is gonna be on there forever. Like they wanna play Unity halfway through the game and they just like, oh, we're removing it, just like Netflix or Hulu or something like that. Like yeah, oh, that right, would suck. Now. Like, that oh crap, trope, I was playing this game and now I can't I wanted to finish it and I can't finish it anymore and stuff like but that. But if it's anything so.
2: like Netflix or Hulu, it'll come back within a few months.
0: Well, I, I think that would really stink too, because like with games like that, if that was the only way to get the games, and the games off the service, like I can literally never play this game. Like yeah. I can't, I can't buy it. There's nothing I can do. I just have to wait for it to be in the rotation again.
2: Right yeah, exactly. Or
1: like You're that. just waiting for it to come well, back. Well, and the so. nice thing about only having
2: three games a year is, I did think about this, but I did go with the subscription service anyways. But having three games a year means that you only have three games to play a year, which means that your focus. And your time is completely dedicated Which to only Rock three games. Which means Rob can collect
1: every single thing in the Which giant open world RPGs that he selects. I can
2: actually beat games. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, for sure. All
0: right. that, that was a good question, Nathan. Um, right. So mine is... Th- th- this next one is kind of a weird one. Um, would you rather, in real life, go into the Great Deku Tree or into Jabu Jabu? We're talking Ocarina of Time. Two of the best dungeons in that game. In real life... You were an adventurer. You had to go out and save save Hyrule. Would you rather have to go inside a giant tree and fight off all the evil things inside of there, and giant spiders, or would you rather have to go inside a giant smelly fish and uh, do everything that? Link does I'm sorry, of there? this
1: is a little bit too easy, Jeffrey. I've always wanted to go inside the Great Deku Tree. Like if it was a, in real life, it'd be like one of those huge redwood trees, but like way bigger. And to be able to go and explore the inside of it, even though there's, like, kind of creepy green things and stuff like that. Ooh, the
0: skulltos are terrifying. That would be pretty <laughs> cool. A real-life
1: skullta. Oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah, that, that would be creepy. But yeah, at least true. I wouldn't be inside I... a giant whale's body, like, slowly <laughs> being digested <laughs> as I'm true. like, no, that's, crap, that's I have exactly. to, like, carry around this fish who thinks she's my fiancé <laughs> and can't do anything Dude, herself. Lifetime. I will avoid... It's... Smells terrible, probably. This is an easy answer for I you. will avoid that giant spiders
0: that are bigger than me that are shaped like a skull <laughs> all day, every day. I will go into the smelly fish and do whatever I have to do inside of that fish to, to escape. Plus, I don't know, there's something com- comforting and, and you feel safe when you're inside of the fish. Like, you, you know that... You know, there's nothing nothing outside there. You can hack away at the inside walls of the stomach. There's nothing you can do. And, you know, I feel like going inside Jabu Jabu is, you know, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Like, who cares? Just no. a tree. Let me know how your no. fish
2: life turns out. <laughs> no. I just remember playing the game back in the day and just always really loving the great Deku Tree because he's just such a great character. And then you're, like, going inside of him to save his life. And you're like, oh, I'm, I felt so purposeful. And Except I, you don't my, save
0: his life. He dies.
2: Spoiler. But he is one of my favorite. It is one of my favorite dungeons in that game. And I just remember Jabu Jabu. I always was just so annoyed that I had to go inside this fish. Like it was like the one. Like I like the water level better than this. The water <laughs> wow. Time. Okay. Wow, I crazy. won't go that far. But that's
1: <laughs> that's a little out there. No. I,
0: I mean, when I first played Ocarina Time, I thought Jabu Jabu was such a cool idea. I had no idea that you literally played an entire dungeon inside of a giant animal. I thought it was the coolest thing, but Anyway, yeah, it was cool. I'll take fish Shh. over tree any day.
1: Okay, Rob, what's your next one?
2: All right. So, would you rather only play online with terrible players or all esports athletes?
0: It's <laughs> <is> like every <laughs> online video game you can only play against the worst people in the world or the best. <laughs> exactly. Oh, this is this is in such an evil question.
1: No, it's easy. I'd much rather play against all the worst players than eSports players. Like, no. I'm a terrible video game player anyway, so if I can just dominate people, like, it might get boring after a There's while. There's no but fun in it after at least two I, rounds. At least I feel good about myself. If you're only playing against eSports players, you know, like, even if you play, like, every day for four hours, you don't have a shot against them, and you will just forever be rage-quitting your whatever game you're trying to play. I guess
0: that's true, but I don't know. I feel like you, you could... You could get better to the point where, you know, maybe in some games you could start to compete a little bit. But I feel like if you play people who are the worst person in the world, like it's it's like playing like Mario Kart and the person's just driving backwards the whole time and you're sitting there <laughs> for 20 minutes waiting for them to finish. Like that would not be fun at all. And like I guess the fun so. part about video games is having it being competitive. And there's no way to be competitive with the worst person in the world, but there's at least a chance you could have a good competitive match or you could get lucky and like get a headshot kill on the top esports player in the world like in counter-strike or something like okay. there's a chance okay
1: yeah i get i i see your argument rob <laughs> uh-oh rob rob, rob, rob is so awed by your argument that he's frozen again
0: <laughs> <laughs> i think rob would uh agree with me he'd rather play against esport athletes
1: no rob hates playing online he'd much That's rather true. play against terrible people because he's doesn't play online anyways rob
0: will take any victory he can get i think
1: oh my gosh <laughs> all right well let's move on to the
0: next uh, question here we still got about you know six seven minutes of would you rather
1: all right uh so jeffrey yes would you rather um so the what's the batman rocksteady wb mm-hmm. they made the last four batman games Awesome would you rather games. them awesome games a lot of fun they're working on something now would you rather them make an open world style harry potter like game where you like roam around the castle of hogwarts and like have cool relationships and f- kind of like rpg mechanics you mm-hmm. level up your character and like live through different years and stuff or would you rather them make like a justice league game where you could be like batman or the flash or superman and roam around you know whether it be metropolis or Gotham, or Star different, City, different or worlds. yeah, different worlds um, and stuff like that.
0: Dude, I think a, a open world Justice League game like that would be really cool. Just knowing how well they did with Batman and like how well they suited that game to Batman's like abilities to see them take on other characters as well. And I mean, if it was just a few characters of the Justice League, like you can swap in and out in like open worlds based on what you're trying to accomplish as like The Flash, Wonder Woman, Superman, whoever. I think just being able to play those characters in a really, really finely polished open world game would be um, a ton of fun because I mean, I played through all those Batman games and I love the heck out of them. And to get more of that, but with different characters, I think would be great. And you know, I'm not really a big Harry Potter fan, so, so I think you're that's like, an easy, eh, I'm no. easy one. But <laughs> yeah, I do think a, a really well done Harry Potter game would be cool. Like, I What what I kind of likened to is like the original Fable game. Like you start off and you go to this school and you learn like magic and combat and all these different things. And I really love the fantasy open world. We don't have a ton of really good fantasy open world games. Like I think most of them are pretty like either realistic or they're about superpowers, but it's not really like fantasy driven like Harry Potter is. So I think that could also be really cool too. But. Yeah, I mean, for you personally, me personally, yeah, I'd, I'd rather I'd pick up the Justice League okay. one.
1: I'm gonna go for Harry Potter because one, I think that's such a cool idea. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, Um they haven't then, done a ton with Harry yeah, Potter Yeah, they haven't since done a lot with Harry a couple Potter movie, like, since. Yeah, the, um, yeah, and I I think like them KS2 actually giving stuff. giving that license and that kind of franchise to a good developer instead of just you know whatever. Yeah, routine. exactly. Um, it'd be really inter- interesting to see what they could do. But also I think like the Justice League game sounds really cool in theory, but I'm like the best part about the Batman games where they were so, like so focused and so focused on being Batman. Mm-hmm. And if you tried to create it and where you could be like the Flash or just Superman or Green Arrow or Green Lantern or whatever it was they might lose some of that focus and it might not control as well and stuff yeah, like that. Like see that would that. be
0: kinda of like Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Like there were so many different characters but all of them felt kind of the same. Yeah. Like, exactly.
1: Unique. Exactly. Yeah. It might kind of lose some It would of be tough to do for sure. I don't know. Rob, what about you? Would you rather play a Harry Potter game or a Justice League game? From Rocksteady. Like open world.
2: I feel like Justice League would actually be a better game than Harry Potter. Like I'd love to see a Harry Potter open world game, especially from Rocksteady, they, yeah. Warner Brothers, they would just do great. But they've already set themselves up as a really good company to do the Batman series, the like Arkham superheroes, series. yeah. Yeah. So, superheroes, I mean, they, they have superheroes and supervillains in the bag. So Justice League would just be a no-brainer slam dunk. It would be a very natural transition from already doing the Arkham series, which they've pretty much exhausted, so jump to Justice League.
1: Well, we will see... We'll have to wait and see, I guess. <laughs> cool. Uh, let's see. Jeff. Oh, well, you already did these. Um, Rob, yeah. you have another one, right? Rob, give us a question.
2: All right. So would you rather be the silent protagonist or the annoying sidekick? Ooh. <laughs> Thinking either you or Link who can't ever say anything and people just always assume what you're saying and put you into situations where you have no control over what's going on because <laughs> you can't speak for yourself as Link always finds himself in, or the annoying sidekick that can only say, hey, listen.
1: <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the annoying sidekick for one reason and one reason only. I played a lot of Breath of the Wild last year, and if you find like the fourth fairy in that game, the <laughs> fairy grabs Link, takes him underwater, and does something to him, and you come back up, and your armor or clothing is upgraded, and he has a very strange look on his face. I don't want some fairy messing with me like that. I'd much rather be the annoying, be talkative, side, <laughs> exactly, talkative sidekick that people are like, oh my gosh, I hate you. Go away. But at least you heard what I had to say.
0: Well, I, I just was thinking, like, I feel like the annoying sidekicks are usually the more, like, memorable characters, like, anyways. Like, Claptrap. Yeah, from yeah the- you have Claptrap. You have, like, Clink and Ratchet and Clink. Like, you know, obviously, like Navi. Like, I mean, our our podcast is named "Hey, Listen!" off of that <laughs> quote. Like, that's how memorable that quote is. So, true, yeah, I feel like Being the annoying sidekick would actually be a lot of fun because you could say whatever you want, and your silent protagonist like wouldn't be able to do anything. You could just go around, do whatever you want, and uh, speak your mind, and ha- have a lot of fun while silent protagonist is kind of kind of limited. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I you literally
2: are manipulating them
0: into saving the world. Yeah, exactly. And
2: you basically're like, "Oh, you can't defend yourself. You can't say anything." So, here, we're saving the world.
0: Yeah. You don't really have to do any of the hard work. You just spew off whatever you want them to do, and they'll probably go do it. So, <laughs> like, "Oh, you died. Guess I got to
2: reincarnate you again."
1: <laughs> so, you would also rather be the annoying sidekick, Rob?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, hands down. I Dude, think it would just be like you said, yeah. I think it would just be way more fun.
0: Yeah, think think about the ghost in like Destiny. Like, you can literally yeah. fly anywhere you can summon yourself anything you can say anything the guardians of destiny just do like they say nothing they go and do everything they say nothing but the ghosts you can make jokes you can do so many different things so yeah it's annoying psychic all the it's way
1: perfect all right
0: all right well that wraps up our would you rather uh question question uh segment uh let us know if you have any would you rather questions uh you can post this uh to us on qu- on Twitter, not Quitter. <laughs> quitter. Uh, Twitter. Give us your uh Would you on Twitter or oh, no. at Hey Listen underscore games. We'd love to uh uh chat about with you and let you know what we would rather do. Um so we're gonna jump straight into what we are playing this week. Um Rob, I'll let you uh go and start us off. Uh, hopefully uh, we don't lose your connection here.
2: I <laughs> know. Oh, Sorry about that guys. No worries. This internet's been a little funky tonight. Um so, I've basically, I haven't played a whole lot of games this last week. I've been kind of focused on two games, but it's also been kind of a crazy busy last week or so. But I played a lot of Banner Saga 2, because um, it's just really easy to pull up and play on my computer. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the announcement of Banner Saga 3 coming out this summer, I was kind of like, oh yeah, I need to finish that game. It's It's super good. I'm really intrigued. It's really fun. The gameplay, combat, everything, super fun. The art style, extremely gorgeous. The music... Absolutely incredible. So, if you and ever get a chance kind of to play like the
1: Russian themed, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of got that Russian like
2: fantasy style to it. It's really, it's really cool. It's kind of operatic. It's in a sense not quite as operatic as the God of War announcement trailer <laughs> well, thing. Well, what
1: is? What is? Yeah,
2: but it is. It's really cool. And I actually have found myself listening to the Banner Saga, both one and two soundtrack outside of playing the game like
1: nice you know, So that that saying, means it's good music
2: it's great music it's really <laughs> fun it's really like it's really like driving music so you feel like you are motivated to do stuff so that's really cool um and then also i uh through ps plus a while ago got telltale's batman and i had batman i had telltale's batman on my computer but my computer was a little slow and wouldn't run it so i started so, playing it on playstation what episode are you on I'm still on episode one. I'm hmm. almost done with episode
1: one, I believe. Okay. Yeah. You, a... What do you think so far?
2: I really like it. I'm, I'm... it's it's kind of a an interesting yeah, mix because I played through all the Arkham games.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely as well <laughs>
2: as I've been. I'm pretty current on the TV show Gotham, so I've been kind of interacting with Batman in all nice. these different media forms recently. Yeah, you so playing through a a Telltale. Fan. Yep, I'm a bat fan. Wow. Um, but <laughs> and that was a terrible pun. Um, but <laughs> I'm enjoying. <laughs> Sorry. Nathan just got that <laughs> for you <yourself>.
3: to
2: <laughs> Oh, Nathan. Oh, no, 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 no.
1: Bat fan.
2: <laughs> but I. I'm liking the character development. It's definitely a, it's different from the Arkham games. It's different from the show Gotham. So it's got you know very different takes on all the characters as every Batman media does. And I'm really enjoying it so far. Although so far Bruce Wayne's kind of a jerk.
1: Yes. the <laughs> The best thing about that game, I think, is just they were given the license to do completely different things with the characters from what you normally see them. Yeah, so for sure. They're pretty takes. Yeah, they're very unique takes. So it surprises you on what. Who, who does what and what their background is. And yeah, it's true. Stuff. So, it's
2: yeah, great. so far I've already been really impressed with just like how the characters interact with just some of the the flushing out of their characters in the story so far. So I'm really enjoying it and, and that's, I'll that's I play it every once in uh, a
0: while. That's something I've appreciated even more like as time has gone on because like I said, I, I played the Guardians of the Galaxy one uh, recently and I just did not really enjoy that game nearly as much as I thought I would. And the main reason was like. The character takes weren't unique. They was they were pretty much just complete ripoffs of the movie versions. except for not as good, and like it felt very uninspired. And I never really surprised me throughout the game. And so like mm-hmm. the fact that that game, I many moments was like, "Whoa, really?" Or "Whoa, I can do this?" Or that character did this. Like it definitely, definitely did a really good job with those with yeah. those uh, characters. So I think yeah. you'll experience that more and more as you yeah, as you yeah go through it. As, it, so. it gets crazy yeah.
2: and crazier. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to, to see how it, so. it how it plays out. Enjoy it nice all right nathan
1: what about you uh i have been playing the oldest and best game ever the game video only video game my mom I'm enjoys just... solitaire <laughs> <laughs> so it's a uh, really riveting hot and... out this week exactly. uh, number one of the steam uh, charts <laughs> yeah no actually oh, wow. i haven't had a lot of chance to play games uh, i was gone on vacation this last week so oh that's a week and stuff so didn't like, get anything
0: on the switch on the go
1: I I played a bunch of golf story with my wife actually. Oh, we played nice. competitive back and forth, which was fun oh, to ask cool. into that. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. she she got really she's super competitive. So like she yeah. I would she like almost beat me like three times in a row and then I just kept beating her. So it <laughs> was a lot of fun. But no, I haven't played a lot. I have played a lot of solitaire, but I don't know what else. What new there is to say about that game. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll hand it off to you, Jeff. All right. Well, I am going to go ahead and just give my uh,
0: short review here of uh, Toki Tori because we actually got a review copy of that uh, two weeks ago and if you didn't know Toki Tori uh, originally came out on the Game Boy Color back I think it was 2001 it was it was a late Game Boy oh, Color uh, yeah. game and it was made by two tribes but so it was published by Capcom and essentially you play as this small like yellow egg shaped bird and you go through simple uh, small levels um, and basically you're just trying to find all the eggs that have hatched so like Imagine, like, you know, keys or, like, star coins or something like that. And so you're moving around, but he's very, very limited, kind of like Captain Toad or something like that, where he can't jump, he can't run. Like, pretty much you're just moving left and right, and you can go up and down ladders. And if you, like, go off the side, like, you'll just kind of fall down to whatever's underneath. So, like, it's very easy to get yourself trapped, and so you have to very carefully plan out your route and go, okay, I'm going to get this egg first, then build a bridge over to this one and over here. Then that'll be the last one I get because I get so trapped after do that.
1: Do you like collect resources? Like you said, you can build bridges. You're just, a bridge and you're stuff just like collecting that?
0: an egg. And then basically every level gives you different uh, kind of tools to go through. So okay. the first tool you get is like a little bridge that you can build um, in any area. So like you can use it to get to a one far away, but maybe you have to use that bridge in a different spot and fall down onto that one. So you have to kind of find the right spot to use your tools cause they're kind of limited. Um, and so it's really a lot about your tool management and finding out basically the right path. So levels are really almost more like mazes cause you're trying to find the correct path to go and everything where you can oh, grab yeah. all the different eggs without getting yourself stuck or anything like that. So the neat thing about See? this game is this is a remake of the original Game Boy Color game. So like it's, you know, all new HD graphics and, you know, uh, new visuals and stuff. So it looks colorful and bright. Do you feel like it translated well over? Yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell it's a simplistic game that probably was a mobile game at some point. Like, you know, it was a Game Boy Color game. Yeah. Um, But the cool thing I like about it is it has a rewind button, which makes it very easy to get into and um, makes it a lot less frustrating when you're trying to solve puzzles because
3: there'll be a
0: point like about 20 minutes in the game where you'll just get on a level and you'll just be like, I have no idea how to solve this. Like I thought I tried every possibility and I got, it, but I'm still missing that one egg way over there in the corner. I have no idea how to get there and you get really frustrated, but you can push the X button at any time and it'll just start rewinding the game and you can stop it at whatever point you want. And so like, you know, if I'm like, Oh, I, I did everything right. I just needed to save uh, one of my bridges to get to this egg. You can just push X and it'll go all the way back to where you used the bridge in the wrong spot. Then you can just continue from there. So it's not like, Oh, I messed up. I'm just going to restart the whole level, you know, go yeah. back to, you know, the very beginning. So that is really nice. You can kind of rewind on um, time. And even if you like die, like you fall off an edge or you hit by an enemy, like you can just choose to rewind instead of restart. So just go back to right before you hit the enemy. So it does make it a little more forgiving, which is nice. But um, yeah, I think there's about eight different tools that you get. And so like every world oh, okay. kind of themes around different ones and it kind of introduces the tools in a kind of a short tutorial level, and then the, the levels get harder throughout the world but mm. um, yeah I think it's a lot of fun the game's only 499 on the eShop and so oh, like nice. so it's this is cheap. yeah a really cheap game if you're looking for a you know puzzle game on the switch I'd I'd recommend this just because it's five bucks like it costs you what like a coffee like to get yeah. this game and it's um, yeah pretty fun it it's not a ton of content I think there's about 40 40 to 50 60 levels with all the bonus unlockable ones so not a ton of levels that's still, but
2: that's still quite a bit for uh yeah for game a small, smaller game like
0: that. yeah for sure for sure and game, i think most yeah. of the levels are all based off the original game like it's just pretty much a new coat of pain and it's a little i think there's more tutorials and kind of <laughs> explains things a little bit more which is nice in today but uh, yeah yeah it's def- definitely a definitely a fun game if you enjoy kind of like uh you know kind of brain teasers and puzzles like The one thing I liked about this game on the Switch is when I get frustrated, I'd put it in sleep mode. I'd pick it up later at a different point in the day, and usually just from taking that break and having a new perspective, I could go and, oh, I can didn't see this earlier, and you could could solve it, which is really nice. So, yeah, overall, Toki Tori is a neat puzzle-solving game with simple yet head-scratching puzzles, and it's uh, a good value. So definitely check it out if you are interested in those type of games. I think Sweet. the only other game I've really played like this was the Mario vs Donkey Kong series. Well, so, okay, yeah, I can. It sounds yeah. very similar. Kind of like that, where you have to kind of very carefully plan out where you where you send your characters and stuff. But yeah, yeah. so that is Toki Tori, and I think Toki Tori Two Plus is also out in the Switch. I think that one costs ten fifteen bucks, so it's a little bit more. I heard that one is a better game. I haven't played it personally, but like I said, this one's the value five dollars. So if you're interested, get that one. and Then if you Check want more, out. you could get the sequel. So cool. Yeah. Um, other than Toki Tori, I beat doom this week, which was a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Final boss is insane. (laughs) And it was really challenging. It took me, took me about a half hour to beat the final boss, which was, wow, that's good. good. Yeah. You don't see hard bosses in games very often anymore. So that was, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed um, playing all the way through that game and I didn't really explore it much, but there's a feature in that game called snap map and it's basically custom, community created maps and story missions that you play i thought it was just like multiplayer like maps but it's you can full-on customize complete levels in place like assets kind of like the halo forge mode and like have enemies spawn on certain ones and have buttons and switches and music and crazy themes and there's tons of really really cool oh, just yeah. community doom levels that you can go through and play and it's just part of like the base game like if you have the game you Go in and explore. So I've only I only played one or two. There was one that was like a Streets of Streets of Rage, kind of like an old school arcade beat em up one. So it was like lots of tight alleys, and you had the two shotguns. And um, I think that feature is really really cool. I wish more games you know did that. Yeah,
2: like, that's that's
1: cool. you, you don't see
0: that a ton, especially on consoles. Like yeah, the, that community yeah. creation tools. Um, was, so that, that uh, was really cool. one of those levels.
2: Mm-hmm. There was one of those levels that recreated the original Doom. In, oh like, really? <laughs> that
0: format. That is cool. Yeah, they yeah. redid so, like, like the, remade the, like the original like, games. That's yeah, nice. like the fake
2: three D like walls and all that stuff. Yeah.
0: And... No, yeah, they they have those assets in the game for the original Doom. So like there's parts in the campaign where you walk in to like a secret room and then it's like looks like the old school like original Doom, which is <laughs> cool. So. Such a cool nod. Yeah. Yeah. So finished that. Really liked it. Still really recommend that game. Um, and yeah, I've been playing playing Toki Tori, obviously, and um, that's really uh, most of I've been playing, I, I didn't really get back into Burnout this week, but I think, Nathan, we got to do that again. Yeah. Um, we have to
1: get new PS Plus.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, I did I did actually play MLB The Show, which is a PlayStation's big baseball game. I played a little bit with you right before the show started, Nathan, and yeah. um, that game series, I think, is, might finally get me this year. I'm renting it right wow. now. Wow. This, but...
1: this is a simulation sports yes. game, ladies and gentlemen. I don't,
2: I don't think I've ever do you own any simulation sports games no
0: no i i mean my brother always bought them growing up so i'd play them every once in a while like FIFA yeah. and madden and stuff but yeah i don't really think i've ever really bought a simulation sport game before and i've kind of got baseball fever right now because baseball just started you know i'm excited you know for the season and stuff but i think it just uh really uh <clears throat> really well my game with like the character models and you know, getting the characters to look and perform the way they actually do in real life and the stadiums and, yeah, just a lot of fun. Yeah. The real question is, can you start (laughs) fights? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. There's a ton of depth in there, too. I've hardly even, like, cracked the surface on all the different modes and options to that you can do in that game. Cool.
1: Good to hear it's good. Yeah. It's a lot of fun.
0: I'm having fun playing it with people, so... Anyways, uh, that is our show this week. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in. We will leave you with the Strider Hyrule opening theme from the NES game, Strider. Have a great week, everyone. See ya. See ya.